One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/spoken today. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast, code acast. What's going down? Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the What's Going Down podcast, almost said Power Slam there. My name is Kenny McIntosh, joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin Finn, how are you this fine Tuesday? Kenny, I'm doing alright, yeah, not bad. How about yourself? I'm good, I'm good. We uh, we announced the Trish Stratus shows last night and very positive reaction to the shows, lots of people very excited and, um, you know, we were going to do a show with Trish in 2020 in April of 2020 i think it was and obviously we had to cancel that show because of covid but now we get to bring her to london and also bring her to glasgow while she's over for the for the love wrestling convention in manchester so yeah i'm 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 i feel excited you know we, we get sergeant slaughter at the end of february trish at the beginning of march and uh yeah there are two people who i think are going to be pretty interesting people to talk to on stage so yeah, yeah, but Kenny, no date in Lancaster. I mean, no I can't d- believe it. I know, I know. I mean, I've, I've got everybody torqueeing on at me. Everybody. Um, it's funny. Yeah, I mean, you're always you're always going to get them. You're always going to get the, the the people who you know. If if we could go everywhere, we would. Yeah, yeah it's funny. like it's the, we did. Um, I think because obviously we did five nights with Bischoff, and we did five nights with Kurt Angle. And five nights tends to be the max that you can really do and have it be... Because by night five, you're kind of, as a crew, you're kind of at the end of your energy levels. Yeah. But Bischoff, we were really lucky because Bischoff, you kind of... he There's enough for him to talk about that you, you could do five nights. But there's a lot of people who I just don't think we'd be able to get five nights out of. But I mean, I think Trish definitely... I mean, I would love to have done three with Trish, but you know, two is all we've got for this one. I'm looking forward to that and... I mean, obviously, she's doing the for the love of wrestling convention, isn't she? Yes, she's doing that on the Saturday and the Sunday. So we're doing the Monday. But I mean, there's loads of stuff when you think about it. There's not really anywhere where she has sat down and went through her career. There's a lot of interesting stuff, and I'm going to have to be on my A game about how to tackle certain aspects, like you know, the Vince McMahon barking like a dog segment. That's obviously (laughs) one you you do want to talk about and get her take on it. But you have to kind of be quite uh, diplomatic diplomatic and strategic about how you bring that up so that you're not being seen to be and it, so it's funny i'll say that i'll say this on air but i told you off air some of the the the, the feedback we'd got to the the announcement, the announcement and um and one person who had mess he had 
he had like tweeted us or something and I hadn't seen it because it was it actually came up as like a I think it had been like a spam one it had like been a, like X or Twitter had put it through spam so I hadn't seen it and it was somebody who was accusing us of using a photo of Trish before she'd had her implants reduced and that we were trying to overly sexualize her for the poster and I, I didn't quite have the heart to break it to the guy that I was sent those images by Trish's team to put up and they are not any in any way overly sexualized from you know stuff that she has worn you know I'm, we've not got her from you know diva's postcard from the caribbean on the on the poster exactly full bikini but um, you know and some of the people out there do they use photos from like 35 years ago don't they i know i know well i mean you like i i feel like you're coming for me there just because i'm using a sergeant slaughter photo from 1991 i'll not have anything said he looked great in 1991 did sarge um <laughs> And you know, if he's got, if, as long as he's got the shades and the hat on, I don't think people will notice the difference. Well, um, did I you agree. see? Did you see the tweet that Sergeant Slaughter sent me last week? No, I did not. So I got we got this tweet, and he said, "See, and it was a photo of a coin," and he said to me, "You get this coin if you survive the Cobra Clutch." So oh, I, I did. I did see it, Kenny. Yes, I did. So I assume that at some point I'm going to be putting the Cobra Clutch by Sergeant Slaughter. But do you know what? If I get a coin for it, I'll do it. You know, he's given me the incentive to, to sell, take the bump. I try to place in your massive, epic merchandise collection. I know, I know. I, although I, I, I don't have as much... Anyway, my merchandise collection is not what people are here to listen to. You're here to listen to us talk about the wrestling and what's going on. We are continuing the road to the Royal Rumble. Let's start with SmackDown, Finn. We... Had uh, SmackDown was obviously the night we were going to find out who was going to be taking on Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. It was Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and LA Knight in the main event. Big three way main event that got, you know, a fair amount of time on the show. And in the end, the bloodline came in to sort of attack everyone and lay them all out so that there would be no opponent for uh, Roman. And then Nick, Nick Aldis pulled Paul Heyman aside at ringside and said, Tell your client that he's earned a fatal four way match. At the Royal Rumble, and that was that was the end. What did you make of the way they got to the the multi man match? I don't want to say that I suggested, but I mean I did throw it out there a few weeks ago as a potential option, and uh, I think this is going to be a more interesting one than if they just gone down the Orton and Reigns route. What do you think? Yeah, I agree, and uh, it means they they can do a finish that's going to presumably Styles it will be your designated jobber in the match. <laughs> yeah, because I, I heard the, the 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 scuttlebutt that I'd heard was that you know they don't really want to job Randy Orton out straight away, and that makes sense because no. he's a big star. And why would you sort of take away a potential feud that you could do later in the year? Absolutely. I mean, LA Knight obviously lost at Crown Jewel, um, and they think they've still got something in him. So by booking this four way match, it means that AJ Styles' weak link he can do the job after all sorts of skullduggery and you know, extracurricular activities involving all sorts of people. But, I mean, I enjoyed the match. I actually thought Styles looked the sharpest um, he has in this match in, in probably a year, if not longer. Um, I think the new character suits him, and he was wrestling with a real purpose and uh, great vigour here. Um, and I, But, mind you, we've got to point this out, you know, I've been a long-time fan of Styles' in-ring work, but he, he did screw up here, Kenny. When he did the 450, yeah. he came down with his knee on LA Knight's head and busted him open hard way. And I, you know, they showed it on replay. And I was thinking, how hard has Styles just nailed Knight? I don't think he suffered a concussion, but he could have done. That could have been really bad. And that was very, un- it's very unusual for Styles to injure anyone in a match, isn't it? Yeah, he's not. He's not known for that. I mean, it, it, he is just back, so maybe you kind of have to give him the benefit of the doubt of, you know, the rust. But I mean, it's, yeah, it's a it's a pretty big mistake to make in terms of the match. You know, it was a big match on TV, so it's one that people were going to be watching. So very unfortunate. Yeah I, mean, yeah, I mean, Knight appeared to be fine afterwards. I mean, Styles actually, to his credit, I mean, obviously asked Knight if he was okay, and sure, Knight told him he was. And then Styles started working over the accidental, you know, cut the accidental blood loss, which made sense psychological standpoint. Um, and Knight was able to um, break up the RKO cover 
uh, by Orton on Styles. So that was a really good false finish. And that was the cue for Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa, Paul Heyman, Jimmy to come out and attack everyone. And they blasted all three members of the match, beat them to hell to hell. Um, this all took place in front of Nick Aldis, who watched the entire match from ringside. And then, yeah, it was kind of curious, wasn't it, the way they handled the announcement from Aldis, because he wasn't made to the crowd. Maybe it was after the show went off the air. I'm not sure if it was. Presumably it was. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe they'll just leave that for SmackDown this week. But yeah, he said to Paul Heyman at ringside, and the camera, you know, moved in close, so it could pick up, the microphone would pick up what Aldis said to Heyman, and said, you know, congratulations, you can congratulate Roman Reigns. He's earned himself a four-way match at Royal Rumble. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you suggested this, Kenny. You thought this would be a good idea. And I agree. I think it is a good idea because it protects Orton, it protects Knight, and it'll even protect Styles if he is the one that does the job, which I'm sure he will be. But there's all sorts of ways you can arrive at that finish without damaging Styles. And I think Styles has been revived by this character um, you know, and apart from the in-ring accident, I thought he, he entered a hell of a performance here. I mean, he was the engine of this match, in my opinion. Yeah, and it was a good TV main event. I think that the it, it, it breaks up the formula that we've kind of complained about on the podcast of the, the Roman Reigns match. Because he's, yeah. not, he's not been, as far as I'm aware, I can't think of any Roman Reigns multi-man, like three-way or four-way matches. It didn't he have a match with Edge and Daniel Bryan? Yeah, WrestleMania tw- yes, WrestleMania in 2021. So that'll be almost three years since that's happened. Yeah, um, that's quite I think weird. he won the title as well. Did he not win the title on a triple threat with Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman? I think he might have done, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, almost three yeah, years that ago. Makes, yeah, that rings a bell. He did, yeah, I'm sure he did do. So, long time. But uh, let's talk elsewhere on the show. We had the SmackDown debut of Tyler Bate, who teamed up with Butch to take on Pretty Deadly. Bait and Butch got the win here. What did you think? And what did you think of the debut? And also, what do you what what do you make of Tyler Bates' chances on SmackDown? Well, I mean, I've long been a fan of Tyler Bates, and um, you know, he was obviously you know worked for Progress and was a big part of the you know big British wrestling resurrection in the mid two thousand tens. Was the first uh, UK champ at the you know, famous tournament in Blackpool that you were at, right, Kenny? Yes, yeah, he was a big hit that night. He was a big hit there. So, I mean, that old tournament was a huge hit. And, you know, I, I thought he he really progressed. He was, I mean, even then he was really good. And he's only gone from strength to strength since. Uh, I remember last year someone uh, wrote into Q&A, it could have been the year before, actually, about Tyler Bay. And I said that I thought he had that Davy Boy Smith regular bloke, regular bloke, sort of likability, which David mm-hmm. Boy Smith had. And that's almost impossible to manufacture. I mean, you either have that or you don't. And that was a big part of David Boy Smith's appeal, that he was very relatable to the average person and to kids. Mm-hmm. And I think Tyler Bate could fill that void, which still exists. Even those many British stars and European stars in WWE now, I think, there is a spot there for someone like a Tyler Bate to become a big star in the system. I mean, he did his act, you know, he did, he's got lots of moves, which no one else does. Um, Some from, you know, the old days of British wrestling that he's modified and updated. And the whole match was about complimenting him. I mean, pretty deadly. We're just there to put Tyler Bate over in this match. They had basically no shine spots at all. They had a little bit of offense, but this was all about Tyler. And I thought he he looked really good out there, actually. And this was a big crowd. It was sold out in Vancouver. Uh, a lot of pressure. And he does a lot of kind of tricky things in the match. It sort of actually started badly. If you notice, Kenny, when he threw his towel at the rope and it missed. <laughs> and I bet he was thinking, oh, my God. You know, yeah. is this an omen? You know, is this match going to be filled with blown spots? I've blown a towel spot. So, you know, I thought he did really well. He scored the pin in the end. And, um, yeah, re- really good debut in the audience. I think the audience really got into him when he was doing his sort of high-impact spots rather than these sort of old-school British wrestling spots. Um, but, yeah, I-, I thought it was, I thought it was, uh, you know, an excellent debut, actually. So I feel very hopeful for his future. I hope they um, they don't lose interest in him like they did 
with Cameron Grimes and Grayson Waller and others. Or admittedly, Grayson Waller and Cameron Grimes were on the show. Well, you get the point I'm making. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I hope that he. Uh, I think. I think it's it's going to be a bit of an uphill climb for him to be a top guy, uh, but I think that he can definitely do well on SmackDown. I think that I'm, I am curious why they've still not had Butch go back to the Pete Dunne name. I would have thought that would have been something he would have done by now. Yeah, especially under Triple H. But maybe that's something that they're gonna. You know, it, it was when they were holding their, you know, sort of celebrating together at the end, Butch and. Tyler Bate that it kind of reminded me of that you know epic match they had in Chicago in 2017 their big match at Takeover so you know they they can they can definitely do them do they, if they're given the time in the ring they can have great matches but as we know from people who are over in wrestling there needs to be an element of character there needs to be an element of something else and that's the thing I think Tyler Bates always I mean I think I think funnily enough if it was a different time in Mustache Mountain. If, if if you know today's climate of WWE was was 2017, I think they would have done great in the main roster as a tag team. Yeah. But obviously, yeah. you know, we're seven years down the line. Trent Seven's older and moved on, so he'll need to find his next thing, Tyler. So we'll see. Um, yeah. We also had on the show Kevin Owens uh, beating Santos Escobar in the finals of the United States title tournament. So he's going to go out to face Logan Paul at the Royal Rumble. Logan Paul was on commentary during the match and. They had a little uh, thing at the end where Logan Paul approached Kevin Owens and got hit in the mouth as cast and Owens was celebrating. So they're going to have a match at the Royal Rumble. And, you know, I, thought, I, mean, I, think, I don't think this was really a shock that Owens was the one to get the win here. It was kind of the, the foregone conclusion, I think, given that, you know, Logan Paul's the opponent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, Paul had been uh, mocking Kevin Owens. Owens is a much better fit um, as an opponent to promote this match. Obviously, Santos Escobar is a heel, as is Logan Paul. So, I mean, I'm not sure if that really would have worked. You know, Owens is making a lot of money. He needs to be, you know, booked in matches that matter. We know also as well that Santos Escobar is heading towards a match with Rey Mysterio. So, you know, why would he have the match with Logan Paul? It just wouldn't have really made any sense. And I think Owens had to score the pin here. I mean, it was a long match. It was a competitive match. I thought they did really well together here. And the audience were into it from the start. Um, Angel and Humberto were out with Escobar. And they were wiped out by uh, Chris Del Toro and uh, Joaquin Wild. Um, so and that's going to lead to a match on this week's SmackDown, isn't it, Kenny? Between... Um, yeah. Is it, is it? yeah, it's a tag match. Yeah, tag match on this week's SmackDown. Yeah, Smackdown. so that, that, that'll be the follow-up. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's keep things rolling. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's some big moves here. I mean, Escobar kicked out of a rolling senton off the middle rope. Uh, but in the end, you know, he scored the pin. And, um, you know, he scored the pin. It was, you know, a decisive win at the end there. And as you said, Logan Paul came into the ring after he'd been commentating on the match. And he started mouthing off to Owens. And Owens silenced him with a... A solid forearm shot to the jaw, which Paul sold like a champ. He fell down and Owens walked off. And yeah, all made sense to me, Kenny. All made sense to me. Uh, so just two other things from SmackDown before we move on to Raw. I do I do want to give some props to Mishin, who had the match with EO Sky. And when this match started, I was I I, I was kind of dreading it to be honest, because Mishin just doesn't feel like a character that's very over. But I actually thought they did a decent job and I thought the styles clash that Mishin did off the second rope looked really good. Um, yeah, it did. But but I mean, we've never seen. I don't think we've seen that before in WWE. No, no, we've not. We've definitely seen it in other promotions, but I don't think we've ever seen it in WWE. And when that was done for the first time, that should have been a finish. I mean, okay, Eos Sky didn't kick out of it. She had to grab the you know the rope to break the referee's count. But when you're going to do a move of that. You know, a move like that that's an original, at least in WWE, it should be the finish. It shouldn't yeah. just be, you know, a transition spot to the next spot to me. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. I mean, that's that's fair. But I mean, overall, I thought that they, they did a good job of the match when I, you know, had pretty much no expectations of it going in. So, yeah, I mean, it was okay. I mean, there was some, you know, some hesitation. I thought it really heated up at the end. Um, in the end, Sky won with her over the moon soul. I mean, it was, you know, there was some hesitation and it was beating places. You know, I felt like they probably did too much and didn't sell enough 
uh, on the moves that they did do. But I'm with you. Yeah, it was her biggest match, Mishin's biggest uh, match to date in WWE, and it felt like it felt like a, a match that mattered, not just another filler match, which is what she normally participates in or had previously participated in. Unfortunately, this this felt meaningful, and yeah, hopefully it'll it'll lead to something for her. But I mean, they've got to get behind her in terms of a character, which they've never done. They've yeah. never really given. In a chance, we still don't really know who she is. No, nope. all these years. Yeah, and we should. We should. We should know. We should know more about her by now, and that's something that they need to work on for sure. Yeah, and uh, we should mention Paul Heyman quickly. He did respond to the Rock and said that you know he's not. The Rock has not been invited to a dinner of relevancy, which I guess is maybe a, a segment we've got coming up at some point soon. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, he kind of responded here. I. I mean, the thing with Heyman is Heyman obviously is an amazing talker, an amazing promo, but I do feel a bit like Heyman's kind of a bit on autopilot at the moment. I don't feel like we're getting anything that's, that's that great out of him. So I I hope that as as the WrestleMania season loads in and whatever Roman Reigns is going to be involved in, let's shake Paul Heyman up a little bit because I'm I'm, I'm ready to see him do something that's memorable again because I just don't feel like we've seen that in a while. No, I agree. I mean, he's done some excellent, you know, to me, he's, you know, the greatest manager of all time, um, you know, because he's just been doing it for so long. And, um, you know, he's he he was good here, you know, using the phrase, as you said, dinner of relevancy. Rock had not been invited by Reigns to one of these, nor would he be, according to Heyman. And then Heyman brought up Cody Rhodes and CM Punk um, and others. And Heyman said, you know, there wasn't one man on the face of the planet who could beat Roman Reigns, which was almost like, you know, a setup for the main event. You know, it's like, and I'm sure they'll acknowledge what Heyman said on last week's SmackDown, on this week's SmackDown. It's like Heyman said there wasn't one man on the face of the planet who could beat Roman Reigns, but maybe three men can, you know, in a fatal four-way. Maybe those odds will be stacked against Reigns. You know, they do those, you know, the... The, the mathematics when it comes to fatal four ways, you've only got a one in four chance of winning, you know, that one they always old chestnut they bring up. So hmm. I think that will be acknowledged this week, what Heyman said last week about there wasn't a man, one man on the planet who could beat him, but here, here we are, Reigns is up against three men, so maybe he will lose the belt this time. Maybe Royal Rumble will will be, will mark the end of Reigns' epic title reign. But I'm with you about Heyman. Uh, there's a lot of original stuff he could still be doing um you know i, I don't want to go over it again but here i am i'm going to had <laughs> lesnar join the squad last year could you imagine you know the fun they would have had if lesnar had formed this uneasy alliance with reigns with Heyman in the middle i mean that would have just been you know out it would have, it would have been weekly episodic must-see tv with like something new, almost not every week because Lesnar wouldn't have been there every week, and Reigns wouldn't have been either. But Heyman could have been the guy just holding it all together and prolonging the storyline. And mm-hmm. there was so much they could have done with that. Yeah. Well, let's move on to oh, uh, oh yeah, the last thing sorry from SmackDown was we did have the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley coming out. Bobby Lashley talked about how twenty twenty three was one of the toughest years of his career, and we ended up getting a video for Carrie and Cross. And we ended up getting the debut of a new faction with Karrion Cross, Scarlett, AOP and Paul Elling, who took out the now babyface Street Profits and Lashley. How are you feeling about this new faction and their chances? Um, I mean, Kenny, to me, this promise is to be about as exciting as Drizzle. <laughs> you know, and like Drizzle, this faction will be nothing more than a nuisance. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When, when AOP turned up, I turned to my other half and said, do you remember when they were going to run some shows in Nottingham on pay-per-view two years ago? <laughs> I don't arena. know why I'm laughing at that. I don't know why I'm laughing at that, other than, I mean, yeah, well, we talked about it at the time, and they didn't run any shows. No, of course they, they didn't. didn't. <laughs> no, but I mean that you know that's the that's the memory that I have of of that. I'd yeah. li- I I like AOP as a team. I think they're pretty good. I just I think Karrion Cross is a bit as exciting as a lamppost. And that's I mean, me being offensive to lamp lost cause. Lost cause. I mean, it's just amazing to me that Scarlett, looking like she does, is as unover as she is. And it's because she's associated with Karrion Cross. And do you know at this stage they'd be best having having Scarlett and Karrion Cross do a carbon copy of Sable and Mark Merrill in the hopes they might get Scarlett over. Yeah. And just sacrifice Karrion Cross to her. Because They'll make more money with her than they will with him. Oh, I mean, I mean, go back and watch the Halloween Havoc specials from NXT last year. She was so over. I mean, okay, yeah. she was doing the cosplay in, you know, and it was, it was a different environment. But people want to like her, and when she's associated with Cross, because Cross is such a source of tedium. You know, she's just boring by association. And you're right, they need to do a split because uh, Cross is a lost cause. I mean, you could see he's got no confidence at all in anything that he does. Everything he does is kind of half speed. And in order for that character to work, it's, he's got to be a devastating, you know, kind of killer heel, hasn't he? He's got to go out there and strike. You know, he's got to, like, put people down and, you know, do devastating moves. And everything looks rather limp and half-hearted. I mean, he's just doomed. And, um, you know, I've got no faith at all in this faction. None. That's a, that's a real answer. Uh, well, let's move on to Raw, where there's there's a lot to talk about. We opened the show with Drew McIntyre in a promo battle with CM Punk. And, I mean, Drew McIntyre held his own and then some against Punk. I mean, my favourite line was, when the going gets tough, punk gets going. I mean, what a line, Finn. <laughs> I mean, Kenny, right, I was watching this and I was thinking, oh my God, if this took place in AEW, if this, this had happened in AEW, Mm-mm. right now we would have been talking, oh, there's a big fight backstage, someone's quit, you know, Tony Khan's like, you know, doesn't know what to do again. It's chaos. And, you know, it would because it almost seemed like Drew, I'm sure he didn't, but it almost seemed like Drew went into business for himself there. And Punk was totally thrown off his game there for a few seconds. And you could see he was like, oh, no, this guy's beating me. And I think Punk was more inspired and motivated by it rather than, you know, wounded, you know, or, um, you know, upset. And it did, I think, you know, provoke him to come up and finish strong on his promo, which he did. But there was a couple of moments there in, you know, about halfway point where it looked to me like, wow, Drew skewered CM Punk here. CM Punk's in trouble here. It looks like he's about to be, he's about to just like drop the mic, not as in a mic drop, but just put the mic down and humbly walk backstage in defeat. So it was, yeah, hell of a performance here by Drew. Um, Hopefully backstage they were all like you know laughing cutting up backstage and just laughing at you know how well drew had done and mm-hmm. how drew had put punk on the spot and it wasn't like a source of tension we haven't heard that there were any problems backstage and i'm sure there wasn't but yeah this was this was quite a night for drew mcintyre he really asserted himself on the mic there and i bet a lot of people who i mean i'm sure most people felt like drew was really good on the mic because he's done tons of mic work, especially over the last year. But this was like one of those nights where you thought, this guy's good. This guy's actually better than I thought he was. 
because he's put CM Punk in his place at least temporarily. Yeah, it, it was it was magic. It was magic to watch. And the thing is, we're in this weird spot where, as far as we know, McIntyre has still not resigned with WWE. There's no story that's come out that says he has. As I mean, I've not asked them, but I've I've asked around, and and nobody seems to know for a fact that he's resigned. But I mean, to have someone who's not resigned be in such a prominent position. And then doing this, you know, and he's, it's it's like every week we're seeing Drew McIntyre go, here's what I'm worth. Here's what I'm worth, you know, constantly. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's getting to a point before, I, when it first came out, Drew, Drew was kind of thinking about leaving. I was kind of going, oh, you know, they could probably do well without him. They don't really need him. And now I'm kind of going, keep this guy. Like, this guy is not someone who should be a mid-carder. This is a top guy who can have great matches with top guys, he, he, now we see he can go toe to toe with the best promo guys. I mean, yeah. you can't you can't manufacture that kind of level, and they've put so much into him as well that I think it would be a big mistake for them to not. If he wants a lot of money, give him a lot of money. You oh know, he's, yeah, he's worth it. WWE would be utter imbeciles to let him go. Yeah. You know, you've got the WWE can afford to pay him. Oh, okay, you've got a obviously a salary structure, and you don't want to upset that. But we know Charlotte Flair's just received a pay rise. When she's, you know, back on the road, she'll be getting driven from town to town in her own bus. If Charlotte Flair's worth her own bus, Drew McIntyre sure as hell is, based on what he's brought to Raw in his matches with Seth Rollins, or, well, she was crowned jewel, wasn't he? And Raw with Seth Rollins, and certainly what he did here against CM Punk. Yeah, I mean, they'd be fools to let him go. And from all that I know about... Drew and all the times I've spoken to him and kind of been around him and stuff, he's not the kind of guy who's going to be like, I want $20 million. You know, he's not going to be pie in the sky. You know, he's going to be somebody who wants an increase for what he's done and the work that he's put in. And yeah, I, I don't and I don't think he is someone who, if they re-sign him, should be a level below Punk, Cody, Seth and all that. They should put him on that level as well. Have him up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's, I mean, if Cody does become champ this year, hopefully he will, um, Drew somebody who could have a two or three premium live event program with him. He's somebody you can make him champion again. He could yeah. absolutely be champion again. He could, you know, head his own faction, something he hasn't done, well, not since the glory days of 3MB anyway. <laughs> the glory days of 3 But also, you know, we talked on the podcast last summer about how, we were we were kind of championing the idea of Finn Balor getting like a one pay, one PLE run with the belt. Yeah. And I mean Drew is someone who you know if Cody could drop the belt to Drew if Drew gets a faction for a month at some point down the line and then yeah. Cody wins it back from you don't need to have somebody have the belt for two years all the time. Um you know make people feel like anything can happen that titles can change hands. Well um, I mean, especially after the Roman Reigns uh, reign of literally years yeah. I mean I think when Cody becomes champ presumably will become champ at some point this year it's just like he can drop the belt after two months and then re or three or four months or whatever maybe not after two months but after four or five months and then regain it because you know that would be very different from what Reigns has done and it's not I can't imagine they're going to say right Cody we're going to you're going to break Hulk Hogan's record. You're going to be champ for four years. So, I mean, it's, I just don't see that happening. So, um, yeah. and that would just make things more interesting as well. If the belt, the big belt was changing hands, you know, not, you know, like it did back in 99 when it was sometimes changing hands a few times, you know, more than once a month, but at least, you know, a few times per year. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, elsewhere on Raw, we also had uh, the... What was I going to talk about next? We had an Anaya Jax interview I thought was pretty interesting where she came out and obviously she beat Becky Lynch last week and Rhea Ripley came out and they had a back and forth and Naya was acting like Rhea's scared of of Naya and Naya said she's going to win the Rumble to to get her shot at her. And, you know, we kind of thought this might be the Rumble match, but it seems like they're, they're not doing it here. But I thought they did pretty well here in kind of putting together a segment and made me want to see the match. But... I mean, what do you think the what's the idea then if it's not going to be Rhea and Nia at the Rumble? I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe Rhea's not defending the belt at the Royal Rumble. I mean, Ripley said to Nia 
Ayo, yeah, you beat Becky Lynch last week, and that was impressive, but she's not Rhea bloody Ripley. So, I mean, uh, apologies for the accent there. Accident, accents are not really my thing, Kenny. <laughs> I don't know why I attempted that one. Uh, so, uh, so there was an acknowledgement there that Naya had beaten Becky Lynch, and Rhea was saying, yeah, impressive, but she's not me. Because I've always thought that it's going to be Rhea versus Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. To me, it has to be. Yeah. I don't think Ripley versus Naya is WrestleMania worthy. Although I'm pleased that Nia Jax, even though you know, I knocked her many times in her previous run, I'm really pleased that she's come back. You know, she's she's lost weight. You know, she's ready to go. You know, she's dedicated. I think she's somebody who's really good as a heel. I think she's one of the, I'll say she's the best heel in the business. But what I like about her is that she wants to be booed. She really yes. likes that people don't like her. You know, and some face, uh, some heels actually secretly want to be liked, don't they? And yeah. uh, you think, well, you're supposed to be a heel. You're not supposed to be doing things that pop the crowd. You're supposed to be doing things that annoy the crowd, um, you know, and that drive the crowd completely crazy. You know, we'll talk about, I'm sure, Ludwig Kaiser in a moment. Um, and, yeah, I think Naya is, is, a, is a, a really, really good heel because she understands what her job description is and she does not deviate from it. And I thought Rhea was really good here as well because she sold for Nia Jax here and she let Nia shine in this segment and that was the whole purpose of it. Um, and at the end, we we were actually left with more questions than answers. Don't like that phrase, Kenny. People use that phrase all the time and I don't like it, but I'm going to use it here anyway. You just be a big old hypocrite. That's fine. Don't you worry. It's safe space. That's what they say these days. You want to say something? It's a safe space. But, I mean, I guess because the question is, what we thought before was the Elimination Chamber, it was probably going to be Becky and Naya, and then the winner gets Rhea. I mean, maybe that's still what they're going to do. Maybe that's yeah, still yeah, the plan. Maybe. Yeah, because Lynch had mentioned earlier, didn't she? I mean, it seemed like they were setting up Becky Lynch versus Naya as the final two in the Rumble, didn't it? Yes, it did. And I, I, I guess, I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense. And then, you know, maybe Becky, you know, the old adage of Becky puts her title shot on the line against Naya or something. You could do that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. That, that, old, that, old, that old chestnut. That's the second time I've used that yeah. phrase in this podcast. The old chestnut. I'm already recycling. Look, Finn, you've been around for a long time. You can't keep doing new content all the time. you got to, you got to give them a, a golden oldie at some point. You can't always do original <laughs> content. Um, well, that's it. I mean, everything's, everything's borrowed or stolen, isn't it? Let's be honest. Exactly, exactly. Um, we also had on Raw, Caden Carter and Katana Chance beating Piper Niven and Chelsea Green for the women's tag titles. But, I mean, this match was a bit better than the match where they won the titles. So, is is a slight improvement worth mentioning? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, they just got to... I mean, Caden Carter and, and uh, Katana Chance have just... We know they're going to be facing... Asuka and Kyrie Sane soon because Bailey mentioned that on SmackDown. So we know that match is coming, and in some ways, they're better off, certainly for Chance and Carter, <laughs> they're better off if the match doesn't take place for a while because we know who's going to win that one. Um, but I think Chance and Carter, you know, are a good team. Um, Chelsea Green and Piper Niven really aren't. Um, and I think they made the best of it. And there was actually, you know, quite a lot of interest in this match, which there usually isn't. And there were a few um, believable near falls. Um, Green was pinned after Piper Niven had accidentally splashed her. That spot actually, did she did the like the Vader bomb splash in the corner. That really wasn't, that was probably the the, the least believable part of the match, sadly. Um, but in the end, yeah, Chance and Carter won. And I think that was the right outcome. I think they were likeable pairing and I think with better opposition I think they could be you know a team that people would really believe in but they just need some better opponents and we should mention that while the match was in progress uh, other members of the women roster were watching from backstage and they showed them watching from backstage so yeah not sure who's going to step up to face them next hopefully it won't be Natalia and Tegan Knox. oh not god sure it's gonna be no I can't handle it <laughs> But, I mean, I think if they had some, you know, really compatible opposition, Chance and Carter, and, and really sizzled out there, I think the, the audience would, I think they would get off get over a lot more than they currently are. 
And, it, and you know, as much as I would like to see Asuka and Kairi Sane become champs, because I think they could do a lot with the belts uh, because they're bigger stars, you know, give Karen chance a chance. You know, give him a few more weeks as champs before you take the belts off him. Yeah, I would I would agree. Um, elsewhere on Raw, we should give mention to our truth and this <laughs> video package where he talks about being born in North Carolina. They show this dramatization photo of a, a doctor with a baby that we're meant to believe is our truth. And he goes on and he's and there's like various things he talks about himself being the judgment day. And it's all superimposed photos of him and scenarios. And then they take the old Judgment Day in your house cover of the VHS from Undertaker <laughs> and Kane and put Tris' head on it. But the one, the one that killed me the most, because I and I had, I had to like watch it twice to try and get what he was saying. He said, "Oh, and it was it's great. It was great to get no Tom. Get great to get to know Tom and Nick Mysterio, but I've not met Nick yet." And I was like, "Oh, it's Dominic. They call him Dom." So he thinks Dom is Tom and then Nick is someone else. I mean, it, it's it's tough to make that sort of stuff funny, but he's so yeah. good at playing that character. I yeah. Mean, and the funny thing about it is, is we still don't really know what Truth thinks, do we? And no yeah. one else does either. And like, you know, all these, on the commentary, you can tell Michael Cole and Wade Barrett are just having a blast with this, <laughs> you know. You know, just his truth in the Judgment Day. Well, he did win that match against JD, where he would become a member of the Judgment Day if he beat JD, and he did. So, you know, they got a mileage out of that. And it's like, well, Truth thinks he's in the Judgment Day, but he's not. Well, he's wearing the T-shirt, and he's added, but he's added his name on the bottom of the T-shirt by writing his name on a piece of sellotape, a uh, sticky tape that he's stuck <laughs> on the T-shirt. And it's just like, it's just the gift that keeps on giving. And, you know, Miz... This, you know, led to a match between The Miz and J.D. McDonough. And J.D. has got over, you know, as a result of his interactions with R-Truth. And, like, this is a guy who I thought was totally doomed on the main roster and has actually done, he's actually, he's actually not has done, is doing well. And a lot of that is linked to his comedy with R-Truth. And Miz beat J.D. here. I mean, fans were into all of this match. In the end... You know, you know, Truth's at ringside. Truth thinks he's in the Judgment Day, you know, but he's pals with the Miz. So we've got, you know, all that confusion there. And it shouldn't work, but it does. And we know this is going to lead to Miz and our truth versus Finn Balor and Damian Priest. And that's yeah. going to be a big match. I was saying, I think it was last week or the week before, whatever you do, don't put the belts on Miz and our truth And you know what? I'm ready to change my mind on that. I'm ready to do a U-turn, Kenny. I say put the belts on Miz and our truth. I mean, if I think if if they keep going like this and they keep getting more popular, then they're also playing it really well with the Judgment Day, right? Because Damien kind of finds it funny. JD does not because he just managed to get in the Judgment Day and now Archer's kind of potentially going to get him out. The, I mean, I think you've got to elevate Miz and R-Truth a fair bit to get them ready for like a... WrestleMania match, but I mean, I think it's possible they could do it. Yeah, I, I think that's a WrestleMania match. You know, I mean, I hope they can spin it out that far. I hope they'll be able to spin the story out that far. They might not be able to. Um, but I mean, you see, what I would do is I'd book Miz and Truth to win because at some point, presumably after WrestleMania, Damien Priest is going to cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase. There's going to be a split. We know there is. Rhea Ripley at some point is going to have to turn face. So they're all going to go the separate ways. And every faction has its shelf life, as we know. But I think if Miz and Truth were to beat Bala and Damian Priest, you know, you could actually, before the Judgment Day split, you could even actually have Dominic and JD beat Miz and Truth and become tag team champs. And that would be a really good reward for those two for the good work they've been doing, you know, here with Truth and Miz and in the Judgment Day generally. And yep. then, you know, just have, just have JD and Dom have a short reign and then put the belts on, I don't know, Champer and Johnny Gargano, maybe. Oh, we should mention, actually, the show opened, or at least in the ring, with uh, actually a really good match between Champer and Finn Balor. And Champer scored, like, this shot pin, and fans were totally into the match. Yeah, they were, it, was, it was surprising. I mean, I guess maybe DIY are in line for... 
the next title match against the the Judgment Day. Yeah. So I, I guess that could be Elimination Chamber, maybe. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Uh, we and also we need to we need to rejoice, Finn. I think we've seen the end of Cody versus Nakamura because Cody was able to dispose of him on the episode in a street fight yeah. main event. So. Yeah, that's it now. I mean, it was okay, but Cody's been treading water for so long now. And I mean, they even acknowledged that in the match. They just said, that's it. Feud ended. Feud's over. Time for Cody to concentrate on the Royal Rumble now. I mean, they mentioned that on commentary. I thought uh, Nakamura actually looked tremendous in this match. Just the way he moved. I mean, he just moved so well. And he's got so much speed and stamina and the timing on him, pretty much everything he did, I thought was first rate. So, but he's, you know, obviously he's not a top guy anymore, but I thought he did well in match and put Rhodes over as he should have done. Yes. Um, but we also got Jinder Mahal coming out to interrupt Seth Rollins. And I mean, I don't know how we're here, Fed, but Jinder Mahal is going to have a world title match next week on Raw. So can he do it again? You know, he beat Randy Orton in a backlash when none of us thought he would. Could Jinder Mahal be punching his ticket to WrestleMania? No. No, no, no. <laughs> Kenny, there's no way this is going to happen. And, um, I mean, good for Jinder. I mean, he had the segment with Rock last week. He's never been more relevant, I guess. Uh, but he's putting Seth Rollins over. I mean, the real... I mean, this is going to be a test for Rollins. Can he have an exciting match with Jinder Mahal? I mean, is that possible? We're going to find out next week. I mean, nobody's been able to do it so far. So <laughs> unless, unless Triple H was able to do it when they were in India and none of us saw it and he beat him. But I don't think I don't think that happened. Um, no, I don't think that happened either. Um, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of all the big stuff from Raw. Um, oh no, I just want to, I just would like to you know give uh, Ludwig Kaiser some credit. For getting genuine heat against Kofi Kingston, yeah, he did. He did actually. Fair, fair play to him. And we were getting the we're getting the return of Gunther next week. He's back, so he'll be able we'll be able to further the storyline between uh, Imperium. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Giovanni, Giovanni Vinci wasn't there. He's he was injured last week, as we know, and he wasn't there. And uh, Kaiser, even though he can't stand Vinci. You know, he was out for revenge. He wanted to, you know, settle the score with Kofi. And uh, after they'd fought to a double count out, it's a great spot. You know, and even if you, if you only watch Raw highlights, this is one of the highlights you need to see. And Kaiser picked up a swivel chair at ringside and hurled it into Kofi Kingston's face. I mean, what, I mean, the timing on that was just impeccable. And then all the referees came out and the agents were out trying to separate them as Kaiser's beating the hell out of Kingston. And then Kaiser runs around and nails Kingston again. But he, he had proper heat. People were proper angry uh, with Kaiser. They were mad. This wasn't like, ha, ha, ha. This was, oh, you know, you bastard. You know, how mm -hmm. dare you do this to Kobe Kingston? Which is what, you know, that's the reactions heels are supposed to provoke. Well, at least, you know, on occasion anyway. So, yeah, I thought Kaiser did really well here. And, um, yeah, they mentioned that Gunter returns next week. And, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you'll uh, slap Kaiser on the back for, you know, defending Imperium's honour in his absence. So, yeah, I look forward to seeing or rather listening to what uh, Gunter says to uh, Kaiser next week. And then we can hope that this is the year that we get Gunther and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Yes. I mean, the thing that kind of makes me more optimistic is I don't really see an obvious other path for Lesnar at WrestleMania. There's nothing really that sounds that exciting, but I think that that would be a match that people would be pretty excited about. Yeah, I would think it's either going to be Gunter or Chad Gable at WrestleMania, um, you know, based on the Gunter and Chad Gable match last year, where, you know, after which Chad's, one, at least one of Chad's kids was crying at ringside. So, I mean, I thought that, you know, was was grounds for a rematch. But Gunter versus Lesnar, that's a WrestleMania match, isn't it? Yeah. And I know it's a match that Gunter has wanted for years. And I'm sure it would be his honour to drop the IC title to Brock Lesnar. So, uh, yeah, I mean, 
you know, with a bit, with a bit of luck, Kenny, and they'll have another, you know, meeting in the Rumble or something. I'm not sure how they're going to set it up, but that's the match I think. We we, we wanted that match last year, didn't we? Yeah, yeah we've, we've wanted it for ages. So fingers crossed, we get it this year. And they did te- they did tease it, didn't they, in the Royal Rumble match? They had that confrontation between yep. Lesnar. So you know, please WWE give it to us this year. Give us what we want, what we really, really want, as the Spice Girls would say. Um, <laughs> um, that's all the time we've got for today, but you can pre-order issue 41 of Inside the Ropes magazine now at uh, InsideTheRopesMagazine.com. Rock on the cover. Finn has put together that amazing cover. I'm interviewing Eddie Kingston in there. Finn's breaking down The Rock's return. We've got the alternative year-end awards, the editorial awards, the women's uh, ITR 50 there's so much stuff in this first issue of 2024, so we hope that you will continue to, you know, give us a shot and support us. And um, yeah, that's my evening tonight is is proofreading, so we're we're putting the finishing touches to it, and then it'll go off to the printers, and it'll be out at the end of this month. Absolutely, yeah. Coverage of World's End in there as well. Yep. So uh, yeah, magazines on sale January 25th, two days before the Royal Rumble. Yeah, plenty of time to read it all before you watch the Royal Rumble on the Saturday night. So uh, thank you for all your support. Remember, patreon.com forward slash inside the ropes where you can get more of us or get us with no ads, which is always good. And there's daily content goes up there as well. So yeah, thank you for listening and for all your support and we'll talk to you soon. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.